Christmas has started in glad tidings. We are starting to celebrate Christmas already, and uh, yesterday, the Evergreen Senior Adults, they launched the Christmas celebration with a luncheon and a Christmas program, and there were about 600 over people that were in attendance. Let's give the Lord a praise for that. Hallelujah. The message of Christmas has been proclaimed. And this coming uh, Saturday, the food bank are going to serve lunch even for all the food bank recipients and their family members. And uh, we thank the Lord even for all these precious people. And so turn to your, turn to your, turn to your neighbor and say, Christmas is here. Amen. Let's rejoice. Hallelujah. Praise God. But what is Christmas really? I know that this is only the first weekend of December. But Christmas is already in my spirit and I'm going to preach a Christmas message. An early Christmas message. Because there's so much. There's so much in the Bible that talks about Christmas. We can just preach on the whole month on Christmas itself and never exhaust the word of the Lord. Let's read from Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to verse 25. Shall we read together the word of the Lord? Let's stand together and honor the word of the Lord and read even this Christmas passage. Very familiar. But there are many things embedded in the word of the Lord here that we might have missed out in the past. Are you ready? Let's read the word of the Lord. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved, to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Praise God. For His Word, may God add blessings to His Word. Thank you. Please be seated. You have heard about Christmas. You have heard about the birth of Jesus Christ. Some say it did not happen this way, it happened that way. Many stories concerning the birth of Jesus Christ. But Matthew tells it to us plain and simple. And he started by saying in verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. This is how it happened. 
whether you believe it or not. But this is how it happened. You have to accept it or you reject it. But Matthew gave it to us as it is. This is how it all happened. And he began to relate to us how it happened. Now, Matthew's approach is very different. We know that there are four Gospels. Luke also gave the most elaborate and detailed account of the birth of Jesus Christ. But Luke gave it from the perspective of Mary. That's why Luke talked a great deal about Mary, about the angelic visitation, about the Magnificat. And all these details were not found in the Gospel of Matthew because Luke's perspective is from the angle of Mary. Mark, he did not give us anything about the birth of Jesus Christ. He started the Gospel by talking about John the Baptist, introducing the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. John, he did not tell us how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. But he did tell us, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And, uh, and, and the Word dwelt among us. The Word came and dwelt among us. He's talking in the spiritual sense. The Word was Jesus Christ who was in the beginning with God and He came and tabernacle among us. But Matthew... He gave also a lengthy account of the birth of Jesus Christ. Beginning with a genealogy, because to the Jews, genealogies are very important. The Messiah must come from the line of David. And so there was the genealogy. And then, in contrast to that of Luke, Matthew wrote from the perspective of Joseph. Not Mary, but Joseph. That's why here we have an account of Joseph. And Joseph was just a simple man. He's just a Joe down in the street. Hi, Joe. A simple man. And he was just living his own life, having his own dreams doing his own work, when suddenly there was a divine interruption. How many of you like, like, like interruptions in your life? Busy fathers don't like it. The children come along, Daddy, 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 you know, can we go out and play? Not now, son, I'm busy, I'm busy. Not now, I don't want interruption. And when you are busy doing something, somebody comes along, can you help me with this? Sorry, not now. I don't have time. I'm busy. We do not like interruptions. But there was an interruption in the life of Joseph. And so this morning, I'd like to talk about the Christmas story, focusing on Joseph. And when God interrupts. That's what Christmas is all about, really. God interrupted our world. Our world has been going on and circling or spinning in a crazy circle until God interrupted. And what? 
an interruption it is. At least for Joseph. Now Joseph is known as the man in the shadows. You hardly hear about Joseph. He was only mentioned twice. In two, or rather in two chapters of the biblical account. And that is in relationship with the birth of Jesus. But he was always the man in the shadows. Whenever there's a, there's a, there's a message or there's a drama on, 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 the, on Christmas, it's always about the shepherd. It's always about the angels. It's always the wise man. It's always about Mary. And of course, the child, Jesus Christ. But Joseph, seldom do people mention about him. And when the Bible talks about Joseph, guess what? He's not just only the man in the shadows, but he doesn't say a single word. You cannot find Joseph saying a single word in the Bible. Yes, he was mentioned, but he didn't say anything at all. It is almost like he's a shy person. And so whenever there is a Christmas play, oh, you know, the, the, the script writer can add in a lot of words about what the shepherds say or, or what the angels say and the songs of Mary or even Elizabeth. But when there is a Christmas drama, Joseph is always just standing still. Joseph doesn't say a word. And script writers find it hard. Hey, you know, can we put some words into the mouth of Joseph? But there's none. You cannot quote anything from Joseph who will become the earthly father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, fathers are famous for their quotes, right? What are the famous quotes from fathers? Can you think of some famous words that you as a father have always said? Let me give you some famous quotes of fathers. One of the famous quotes of fathers is, Ask your mom. Children come and ask you something you don't know, ask your mom. Or come to ask for permission and you are not sure, ask your mom. The famous quote. Another famous quote is, you think I'm made of money. Ah? You think money grows on trees. Ah? Another famous quote of fathers is, we are not lost. I know the way. We are not lost. Even though it's been going round and round, we are not lost. I know the way. But for Joseph, there's no such quote at all. He, he was silent in the records of the gospel. There was not even a question. There was not even a complaint. Why me, God? Why must this thing happen to me? No. Total silence. And such is the man that God would choose to raise his son, Jesus Christ. There must be good reason for God to choose such a man. 
Although he was silent, he has a plan of his own. But then God interrupted. God changes his plans. And when God changes your plans, remember, God has something better. Can somebody say amen? When God changes your plans, He has something better. Look at what verse 18 says. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this manner. When His mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child. Oh yes, Joseph and Mary, they have their own plans. They love one another so much. All that Joseph could think about while he was sawing away at that piece of wood, while he was making that furniture, is Mary, Mary, Mary. I am going to marry my Mary. He was thinking of that wedding day. You see, they were betrothed. That means they were engaged. And in those days, engagement is serious business. Not like today. In fact, today, most people have rejected or have uh, forgotten completely about engagement and they go straight into wedding or marriage already. But in those days, engagement or betrothal is as serious, as committed as it is to a wedding or marriage. So they were thinking, you know, of marriage, and which usually happens one year later after the betrothal or after the engagement. They have their own plans to settle down, build their own home, and raise up children. But all that came to a halt with that one word, pregnant. Before they came together, before they had sex, she was found to be with child. Pregnancy spoils it all. For Joseph and for Mary. And this pregnancy has nothing to do with them. It was a divine interruption. They were pure. When, in the account of Luke, the angel appeared to Mary and says, you shall bear a child. Mary asked a question, how can that be? Because I'm still a virgin. She was proud to be a virgin. She declared herself to be a virgin. If you are a virgin today, whether a girl or a boy or a man, be proud of it. Observe abstinence. Say no to premarital sex. Keep yourself pure for the man, for the woman that you are going to get married. So it was a pregnancy that was beyond themselves, that was not of their own making. And it spoils their plan. And so, what do you do? What can Joseph do? And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved 
It was only a resolve. Resolve to divorce her quietly. So he considered these things. It was in his mind. Now we do not know exactly when Mary came and tell the news to Joseph. We did not know how Joseph knew about it. Most likely, of course, it would have come from Mary. Man, can you just imagine your fiancé coming to tell you one day, dear, 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 I have something to tell you. What is it? Don't jump to conclusion, okay? I have something to tell you. Okay, okay, tell, tell me. Uh, I think you better sit down first. Okay, okay, here, 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 sit down, sit down. Are, are, are you ready, dear? I have something important to tell you. And your, and your fiancé tell you this. I'm pregnant. And you are not the father. Double shock. Pregnant, not the... And you are not the father. And then another bombshell. But I'm still a virgin. And I am 100% faithful to you. Man, Joseph just couldn't take it. It doesn't gel. And we do not know the reaction of Joseph at that time. He, may, he could have blurted out and said, you must be crazy. Or he could have blurted out, you unfaithful woman. I gave you all my love and this is what you did to me. We do not know the initial reaction of Joseph. But he could have been disappointed, angry inside. Bitterness begins to grip in his heart and perhaps even a tinge of revenge towards Mary who could have done such a thing to him. But from what we know here, it seems that Joseph did not believe in Mary. How can this thing happen? You are pregnant and you're still a virgin. And the child inside you is not from any man but from the Holy Spirit. How, how to take it? How to take it? Your fiancé came, hey, this child uh, is born of the Holy Spirit one, you know. How, how, how to believe it? The human mind cannot fathom it. So the Bible says, but... Joseph being a just man. Just means good man, a righteous man, a moral man. But in the biblical context, other translation you will observe, Joseph being a law-abiding man. That means he observed the law. He's a religious person. He's a spiritual person. He wants to follow the law. He wants to follow the commandments of God. He wants to follow the will of God. And sometimes this kind of a person who follows the law, who observes the law, can be a very harsh person. That's what we see in the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They know the law. They wanted to keep the law, but they become very harsh and hard. But Joseph is different. He was compassionate. He was considerate. He says, unwilling to put her to shame. 
you know, some righteous people, so-called, can really put people down. Especially when they are found guilty of something. Oh, you sinner! And they begin to just blast it out. No mercy at all. But the Bible says, Joseph being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame. Joseph could have easily just announced it to the townsfolk and say, my wife has been unfaithful to me. She is with child and that is not my child. What would happen? She would have been stoned to death. Immediately, stoned to death for committing adultery. Joseph did not do that. He still loved Mary. And not only did he not want to put her at risk, he did, he did not want to put her to shame even. So divorce is the honourable, noble thing to do. In this sense, they were not yet married, but only engaged. But the engagement is serious business. To get out of that engagement, you need to even divorce the person. In other words, there may be two or three witnesses quietly do it. They witness that, you know, uh, 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 the, the betrothal is broken and uh, the divorce has taken place. They can live their life again. When things seem so hopeless, sometimes we think divorce is the only way. When things seem hopeless, some people commit suicide. Some people commit crime. Some people cannot take it anymore. And they went deeper into sin, into drinking, into gambling. But that's not the way out. And so at least here in this case, it was a divorce that never happened. He contemplated, he thought about it. He considered in his heart. That means he really had time to think through. He's not like that rash man who just who is not in control of his emotion, who is not in control of his temper and just blast it out to Mary. In that kind of a situation, many of us who could just lash out with our tongues and say things that later on we regretted. But Joseph, the only thing mentioned about him here is he considered, he resolved, he thought about it. And as he was considering these things, that means he really take time to deliberate about it. What shall I do? This is a big problem. What shall I do? He was a man. And he respected and honoured even his wife, Mary. Or fiancé, Mary. And he's trying to find an honourable way out. He's not a brute Some men act like a brood in this kind of situation. Throw their tantrum, throw their temper because they know that they are not in the wrong. The other side is in the wrong. And when they talk about divorce, oh, the divorce court is so ugly. So ugly. Couples who used to love one another now fighting for every single cent. Fighting for every single right. Joseph, he did not fight for his right at all. 
in his righteousness, being a just man, he knew what mercy is all about. That's the true mark of a man, of a godly man. And praise the Lord, the divorce never happened. There is hope. Even in the worst of your situations today, I don't know what you are facing. Don't throw in the towel, don't give up. There is hope. There is hope. Hope came in the form of a change of plan. Joseph, pregnancy was not in the plan. He was a righteous man. They will not have sex until after the wedding night. Pregnancy was not in the plan at all. And definitely, they did not plan for Mary to, have, to bear the Messiah in her womb. That was not in the plan. But when that happened, divorce was the way out. But for God, pregnancy is the plan. Jesus must come. He must come to the womb of a woman. Pregnancy was in the plan and divorce is not the way out. You see, when our plans do not fall in line with God's plan and God steps in and interrupts. Proverbs 16 verse 9, we can make our plans but the Lord determines our steps. Proverbs 19.21, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. We have our plan. Small plans. Sometimes confusing, messy plans. And God has His plan. And God's plan is big. God's plan is Beautiful. God's plan for us is always greater and more beautiful than our plan. Can somebody say amen? It's always more beautiful than our plan. As an 18-year-old kid, I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. At that time, I had my own plan. But God interrupted me. God interrupted my plan. At the, at the age of 20, my whole world turned upside down. And I had to surrender my plan into God's plan and accepted God's plan. And guess what? It's much, much more beautiful than I can ever make it to be. God's plan is always greater and more beautiful. So will you be bold enough to strike out your plan and to accept God's plan? That's what Joseph and Mary have to do when God interrupted their plans in life. Not to say that their plans are bad, but God has a better plan. Not necessarily an easier plan, but it is always a better one. So if the Lord wants to mess up your plans and give you a better, fuller, richer life, let Him. Let Him. 
God has said in Jeremiah, I have a plan for you. A plan of hope, a future for each one of you. Perhaps you're still struggling in this area. It is the end of the year already. And you look back, you have not accomplished what you plan to accomplish this year. And your plans in December 2017 is in a limbo. You do not know what 2018 holds for you. It's time to just let God into your life and discover the rich, beautiful plan that God has for your life to bless you, to give you a better and a meaningful life. Everybody say, I will follow God's plan. Come on, say it. I will follow God's plan. I may not understand it, but I will follow it. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. God not just interrupted the plan of, of, of Joseph, but God even interrupted his sleep. As he was thinking about it, the Bible says he had a dream. He had a dream. And God spoke to him in a dream. When God speaks, believe. Believe. Bible says, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And God spoke to him. And this is the message. Joseph, son of David, it's a personal message. Joseph. Not just Joseph. There are many Josephs. There is that Joseph in the Old Testament, the dreamer. There is Joseph of Arimathea. But the angel is very specific. Yes, you Joseph. Joseph, son of David. Now it is very interesting that he is called the son of David. Again, the Messiah must come from the lineage of David. A personal message. God deals with us in a personal way. It may be different from the way that God deals with others. For example, in our mind, we think, oh, if the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and spoke to her, not in the dream, she was, she was awake. She heard. She knew everything. She had a conversation even with the angel. Why is it that God is one-sided and gave Mary a clear-cut direction? No mistake about it. But to Joseph, the angel did not appear or, or, or did not appear in person and speak to him, but rather he appeared in a dream. All the problems could be solved if the angel could just appear in the same form as he did to Mary, isn't it? But God deals with us differently. Just because an angel appeared to somebody doesn't mean that the angels must appear to every one of us. Just because God speaks to us in a dream, everybody must receive instructions through dreams. Man, there are many ways that God speaks to us. In a dream, in a vision, through the word of the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, through godly counsel, through circumstances. 
or whatever it is, He knows your name. He calls your name, Joseph, son of David. God speaks personally to each one of us. And God speaks with words of assurance. Fear not. Everybody say, fear not. We are so fearful. Maybe at the sight of angels, although this is a dream. But yes, in the heart of Joseph, he was fearful. He was fearful of what other people would think. I'm not the father. She is with child. How can this be? Fearful of what others, of people's opinions. And so, the angel came with words of assurance. Do not fear. And the angel says, take Mary. Take Mary. You see, God has spoken very clearly in the dream. And says, besides other things, take Mary home as your wife. In other words, it's okay. It's okay to take Mary home. With that word of assurance and instruction, Christmas problems have been turned into Christmas peace. God's word brings assurance to each one of us, whatever problems we may be facing. And not only that, the angel then goes into prophetic declaration. Not just personal, but prophetic declaration. She will bear a son. She will bear a son. Now we have read this verse again and again. But make no mistake about it. Angel says she will bear what? A son. The angel did not say she will bear your son. It's not Joseph's son. The angel could have just solved everything and just say, she will bear your son. But no, no, no. This is not Joseph's son. This is the son of the living God. She will bear a son. The Bible writers are very careful to record and to make us understand that Joseph is not the father of Jesus Christ. She will bear a son. Later on in another dream, when the angel instructed Joseph to take Mary and the child and flee to Egypt to escape from the wrath of Herod, again the angel says, take the child. Take the child, not your child, but the child. You see, Jesus came from God. He is of God. And God as His heavenly Father. But Joseph was given the privilege of becoming, in our understanding, the stepfather. 
the stepfather. Not the father, but the stepfather. Later on, after the wedding, after the marriage, the Bible tells us that, yeah, you know, uh, uh, Joseph and Mary did have other children. In fact, Jesus has four other, four other brothers or stepbrothers and two other sisters. There were six other siblings there. But as far as in the sight of God is concerned, Joseph is the earthly father, yes? But if you please, he's more of a stepfather. He adopted Jesus Christ because he is not from his... Uh, 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 he's not the result of a sexual relationship that he had with Mary. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. Two names of, are given. Jesus, because he will save them from their sin. And Emmanuel. Emmanuel is what God is to us and what he does. He shall be with us. Oh, what a powerful declaration from the word of Isaiah, from the word of the prophet Isaiah. The Bible describes more of this child, more of this son than any other thing. And this is what he is to us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Turn your neighbor and say, God is with you. Amen. And when God is with you, there's always hope. That's what Christmas is all about. Bundle in that, in that child, in that baby, Jesus Christ at that time. Hope. Emmanuel. No matter what you, you are going through. And so, Bible says, it was all in a dream. Would you take instructions from God in a dream? Would you take instructions from God in a dream? How many of you have had dreams and when you wake up, it's still so fresh, you remember every word, everything? Or perhaps you are like most of us, when you wake up, you know, you, you know that it was a dream, but you can't remember the details. Now, if that kind of a dream, most likely it's not from God, okay? It's just because you had a late night supper at the mama's store there. But God do speak through dreams. In fact, whenever God speaks to Joseph, it's always in a dream. At least three or four times, God speaks to him in a dream. And God still speaks to us. Don't discount dreams, but there are other kind of dreams that God has given to us has dropped it into our hearts. His plan and His purposes, His dreams for your life. How do you respond? You respond by obedience. Just do it. Everybody say, just do it. I know that it's not original, it's from some other company, but just do it. Turning your dreams into reality. When Joseph woke from sleep, how do you turn your dreams into reality? Wake up from your dream. Wake up from your dream and start putting feet to it. The Bible says, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not, and he called his name Jesus. Look at all the action verb related to Joseph. He did not say a single word, 
but there were many things that he did. And that's a characteristic of Joseph, really. How do you turn dreams into reality? You dream it, and then you do it. Many of us may have received word from the Lord. He has spoken to us through His word. He has spoken to us in a dream through godly counsel. And after that, we did nothing about it. And we say, God, how come? How come? What you have spoken still have not come to pass. You see, Joseph has a choice. He has had that dream. It's up to him whether he believe it or not. But the Bible says, yes, he believed it. And many of us may believe the word of the Lord, but he went one step further. He did everything that he was commanded to do. The action part. Many dream it, but they do not do it. God gave us a free will. God gave us free choice. When Joseph woke up, that's the turning point. It's up to him whether to believe it and to act upon it or to walk away and go ahead with a divorce plan. It's up to him. If he has gone ahead with a divorce plan, oh, I don't know what would have happened. But praise God, Joseph, he obeyed God. That's how you dream. How, that's how you, you, you turn your dream into reality. Obedience is a thing that opens the doors to God's plan. It is obedience. Everybody say obedience. Obedience. Obedience opens the doors to God's plan. Joseph did what God asked him. As we have said right from the beginning, beginning Joseph never speaks in the Gospels. But what we see him is he acted. He acts. Joseph speaks no great words. He just does great things. He just does great things. You know one of the greatest things that Joseph did? You know what, what, what is one of the greatest things that he did? Go back to that verse. And he called his name Jesus. Joseph exercised his authority as a father and gave the child the name. And his name is Jesus. He could have given him some other name. Disobey God. Oh, I, I don't like the name Jesus. I think I like the word Joseph Jr. Or something else. But no, he exercised his authority. He called his name Jesus. And today, we repeat that name all over the world. Beautiful name, marvelous name, name above all names, Jesus. How can we do that? Because of the obedience of one man. One man. He did great things. Jesus, Joseph acted more than he talked. Some of us can talk a lot. Oh, I can do this, I can do that, I can no, no, do a lot of things, but no action. All talk, no action. Sounds like a lot of politicians, isn't it? All talk, no action. He modeled more than he lectured. 
That's why God chose Joseph to raise up his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus saw the action of Joseph. He learned from his father, Joseph. And many of the parables of Jesus, he picked up from what he saw the father did. Your children need a model. Not just for you to say one thing and do another thing. The world needs a model of what Christian, Christianity or Christian life is all about. So Joseph did what God wanted him to and the whole world was changed. It wasn't easy to take Mary as his wife. Oh, he became the subject of ridicule. The question still, still hangs around. Who's the father? Who's the father? Joseph, you are the father. That means you have committed adultery. Joseph, you are not the father. That means Mary is unfaithful. Whichever way, they cannot win. But they bite the bullet. They did what God asked them to do. A lot of ridicule. Even their own parents do not understand it. But Joseph obeyed. He dares to follow God's call into an utterly unpredictable future. He accepted the responsibility that God asked him to take. You see, extraordinary acts of God often start with ordinary acts of obedience. Do what God asks us to do. Nowadays, you know, when people text messages, they use all kinds of short form. You know, sometimes you really uh, don't know what it is all about. BYA is one of those short forms. Because you ask. Never stop doing what God has asked you to do. Why are you doing this? Because God asked me. And I will obey. I will obey. Let's be bold to obey God. To do what He has asked us to do. Because that is the path of blessing. And so in closing, hope, believe, obey. It will change your entire life. First of all, listen to the Lord. You may not get a special dream from the Lord, but you can always look into His Word. Find a message that you need to hear and discover God's plan, um, God's amazing plan for your life. Number two, rest in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You shall name His name Jesus because He shall save His people. You are His people. You are in relationship with Him. Number three, always remember that Christ is with you. Emmanuel, our God is a with us God. Not in the faraway planet and galaxy, but He is with us. And lastly, commit yourself to obey and live for Jesus Christ. Be a doer of the Word. Not just a hearer, not just a believer, but be a doer, a person of action and obey God. That's why God interrupts. So that He can give you a richer, fuller life if you will just hope, believe, and obey. And God interrupted the life of Joseph. God changes His plans, but God gave him something better. God speaks and He believes. 
and he obeyed. And God blessed this life. God blessed the world because of Joseph. Let's pray.